הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שאוכני עפר קדוש שמשר בארץ המה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחמן נובע מכוחו מר רבנו נחמן פגמן צמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן נאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. ברוך השם. תראו ישראל תורה עמי פינש תורה פ"ג 83 of ליקודי מורן ציניאנה. שזה לשון רבנו זיכרונו לבחר. Which is directly from the language of Rabbeinu, this Torah. You're going to see that this Torah is structured in a way where it's very, very choppy. Um, uh, what do you call it? You're going to see that there's not tremendous flow we've seen in lots of the previous lessons, but Rabbeinu did that intentionally, obviously. Um, but we're, trying to, we're going to try to keep up as much as possible because we're going to see there's lots of new concepts that constantly arise. Rabbeinu is going to connect many different ideas together. And it's really a special Torah. A Torah that's actually founded on lots of uh, principles that, uh, um, that we need to get. Meaning that we need to receive, that we need to understand. Tikkun Abrit, Shabbat. Um, and it's very applicable coming up with Purim, with the idea of uh, knowledge. And what the culmination of all knowledge is. We're going to see lots of tremendous, tremendous ideas here. Pay attention and take each and every paragraph the way it is in its simplicity with trying to derive as much practicality and as much practice from it so that we can really uh, change ourselves through this Torah. Torah Pegimen. Through the rectification of the covenant. And what's the covenant? Which is a bow. I brought down looking the Gemara Sota and the Zohar in different places. That the, the Brit is called the bow. Keshet. So once you rectify the covenant, which is this bow, it's possible to shoot the arrows. Now once you rectify the covenant, which is the bow, now you're able to shoot the arrows, which is what? Prayer. And there's an allusion to this in lesson 2 of Likut Boran, the connection between uh, the, the bow, uh, or sorry, the, the breed and prayer. But Rabbanu is saying there's this analogy, that once you rectify the breed, you're able to pray. You're able to, to engage in truth prayer, which means now, now, now that you have the bow, which is the brit, you're able to shoot the arrows. And what is prayer? Prayer is the prayer's 18 brachot, the silent prayer, the amidah. And what is the, the prayer's 18 brachot? These are the three vavs. The three vavs. The three vavs. Vav is the numerical value of six, but it's referencing the letter vav. And if you take three times Vav, Vav is the numerical value of six, and there's three of them, that's six times three is 18, referencing the 18 blessings of the, the Tfilah of the Amidah, the silent prayer. And these three Vavs represent these arrows. And their place, meaning the place of prayer, or these 18 brachot, is in the Brit, is in the covenant. It is brought down in Tehilim, chapter 89. My breed shall remain faithful to him. Meaning that there's a connection between my breed and faithfulness. So now let's explain. What is faith? Emunah is the aspect of prayer. We've seen in many different lessons that Moshe, um, when Moshe spread out his, prayer, his hands, it says, His hands were faith. And Unkiru says that this is a reference to prayer. That Moshe spread out his hands in prayer. Um, his hands were spread out in tefillah. So what is faith? Faith is prayer. So it says, And my 
covenant shall remain faithful to him, meaning my covenant or the, the place of emunah, which is tefillah, is placed within the covenant. So meaning that if a person wants to truly attain prayer, it's dependent upon uh, the rectification of the breed. And then once you do so, the ray of the Mashiach begins to shine. I'll cause a ray to sprout forth from David. That ray is a reference to the Mashiach, which comes from, who comes from David the Melech. Rays from his hand are upon him. This as Badan Chavakuk chapter three. This is a reference. To the, this is a description of the Mashiach that the rays from God, from God's hand, are upon the Mashiach. Yado, his hand. This is prayer. As we said above, his hands were prayer. His hands were faith. And what is faith? It's prayer, as we said. So his hand in this verse, raised from his hand are upon him. What's his hand? It's prayer. Meaning, these rays come from prayer and they're bestowed upon the Mashiach. That the Mashiach is going to be a master of prayer. As we know, this is all very connected to lesson 2 of Likuta Moran. Prayer is three. Prayer is an aspect of three. Because Mashiach is encompassed within the three forefathers. And what is Mashiach? Mashiach represents speech. How do we know this? With which one prays? Speech is the, is the, is the uh, what do you call it? The means to pray. It's the ability to pray. It's the vehicle for prayer. So we see that speech allows one to pray. Messiah Elimim, Messiah Elimim, as is brought down in the verse in Nishmat Kolchai. Messiah Elimim, that phrase from uh, this prayer that we say on Shabbat morning, Messiah Elimim, generates speech in the mute. Messiah comes from the word Mashiach, meaning that Mashiach's power is going to be Messiah, his speech, his conversation, his bodedut, his prayer. And what is this derived? This speech is derived from Esh, Maim, and Ruach. Fire, water, and spirit. Those are the three elements that are encompassed within speech or that speech is derived from. These three elements, fire, water, and spirit. So we see all these ideas connected and we can go very deep with them. And then one merits to become a free man. Meaning when he rectifies the covenant and attains prayer, this aspect of Mashiach, this shining ray of the Mashiach, he merits to become a free man. And what does it mean to become a free man? He merits to get to the holiness of Shabbat. Which is forbidden in work. Because what is Shabbat? It's a play on the words. The letter Shin. Bat. Shin. Shin represents the three colors of the eye. As we know, it's brought on the Zohar. But what do these three, what do these three colors of the eye signify? The Esh Uach the fire, the spirit, and the water, which are the three uh, elements which make up speech. Bat, and what is bat? Bat represents the pupil. But bat hitfilah. Rabban was taking it in a different approach. Bat is prayer. Now we're going to see why. Bat rep- represents prayer. Sheena brachot, which is the blessings. The blessings of prayer. He had a daughter, and brought down Abraham had a daughter, and her name was Bakol. What is Bakol? Now Rabban was going to prove that Bakol represents the brachot of prayer. 
Bakol, Bechinat Brachot. You see that this, this Bakol that's mentioned in the verse, Batayalo, Bakol Shema. Now, we know that Avraham Avinu had a daughter named Bakol, as brought down in the Gemara. That Rabbanu is teaching us that Bakol is a reference to Tfilah. And how do we know this? Bechinat is brought down in Bereshit chapter 24. Berach et Avraham Bakol. That God blessed Avraham Bakol with everything. Meaning what? Berach et Avraham Bakol. That God had blessed Avraham with Bakol. That Bakol is an aspect of blessing. And we see that Bakol was merited by Avraham through a blessing that God gave him. So Bakol represents a blessing, meaning the blessings of Tfilah. And uh, this is Shabbat. Shabbat is Shin Bat. Shin represents the, th- the fire, the earth. So, sorry, the fire, the water, and the, the, the spirit, which makes up speech, which allows you to pray. And then what? Vakol represents the actual blessings of prayer that we make. The 18 blessings of Tzvilah. And the holiness of Shabbat is the aspect of the culmination of all knowledge, the purpose of all knowledge, the final po- point of all knowledge. And now Rabbanu teaches us what is the culmination of all knowledge. The purpose of all knowledge is not knowing. And this is truly the theme of, Pes- of uh, Purim. For one who wants to study more about this, look in Likut Al-Achot and Purim. This most uh, tremendous, tremendous idea how Rabbi Nathan takes this and really explains what the essence of Purim is and why we have to get drunk. So Bezat Hashem, may we really truly enter Purim uh, which is soon upon us in great holiness. To attain this place of So Rabbanu says the culmination of all knowledge is not knowing. And he brings this from Bechinot Olam, the Sefer Bechinot Olam, from over there. And this this culmination, Bechinat, is the aspect of what is brought down in Kohelet. I thought I would be wise, Shlomo Amelech said, but it was far from me. Meaning wisdom was far from me. I thought I'd be wise, but I realized that it's too far from me. Meaning wisdom, true wisdom, is realizing that you're far from it. This is the essence of wisdom. When you understand that wisdom is far from you. Rabbanu is teaching you, the more you study, the more you truly gain wisdom, the more you realize how far you are from true wisdom. Meaning it's not that the wiser a person is, the more he knows. Actually, it's the exact opposite. The wiser a person is, the more he realizes how much wisdom is far from him. And this each person has to engrave in his mind. And this culmination is the essence of space. What's the essence of space? It's the place of the entire world. It's God Himself, who we say is the place of the entire world. He is the occupies all, all place. All place exists within God. And this tachlit, this purpose, which is we're going to say is prayer, encircles the entire world, which was created with wisdom. How do we know the entire world was created with wisdom? As it's brought down in Tehilim, chapter 104, you created everything with wisdom. You made everything with wisdom. And this is what is brought down in Gemara Barachot, page 6b. One who establishes a place for his prayer. Um, 
as it says over there in Gemara Barachot, meaning one should establish a place for his prayer that he should engage in prayer in the same day, uh, every single day in the same place. Because this is the essence of physical space. Bifrinat is brought down in Shemot chapter 16. No man should leave his place on the seventh day. Meaning the aspect of Shabbat, of Tfilah, is uh, an aspect of place. That each person should go back to the same place when he enters this aspect of prayer, which is the Takhlit of everything, which encircles the entire world, which was created with wisdom. It's all very connected. Rabbeinu is tying all these ideas together. But the essence of space is the place of the entire world, is God Himself. And that is um, the aspect of prayer, uh, for prayer encircles the entire world. Um, okay. And then He sheds His leprous body, His body which is filled with Metzorah. Uh, this disease, and what is the Metzorah? It's brought down. Um, the Rabban was teaching us. It comes from Mashra Dechivya, the skin of the snake. That's Metzorah. Metzorah is the skin of the snake. And then you begin to take away the skin of the snake that you have on you. And you begin to wear the clothing of Shabbat. You begin to don a holy body from Gan Eden. Because place is the key factor. As we know in Gemara Sota and also in the Gemara Sanhedrin. Gemara Sota, page 45a, Gemara Sanhedrin, page 14b. Makom is a key factor. Bifrinat is brought down in um, Shemot chapter 3. It's brought down in the verse over there. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, take off. Your shoe. Because this place which you're standing on is holy ground. He says over there. Meaning this place is a key place is a key factor. Where you're standing is a key factor. And on, on account of this holy body which you've attained once you've shed your leprous body. Now it's called Shabbat. This holy body is called Shabbat Kodesh. is brought down over there. Behold, it returned to be like his own flesh. I brought down one of the signs that Moshe Rabbeinu did when he performed the miracles in Egypt was he put his hand in his jacket and it came out leprous and then he returned it back into his jacket and returned to be his own flesh a bit, returned to be normal. Meaning that Moshe was healed from his tzarat, from his uh, leprosy. And now he was done with a holy body from Gan Eden which is called flesh. And it says in Bereshit chapter 2. Basar mibsari. Flesh of my flesh. How do we know what, what flesh is referenced there? It's the flesh of Gan Eden. God created Adam Marishan from the, the elements of Gan Eden. And then what's hap what happens whenever you shed that body and you don this, this uh, body from uh, Gan Eden? Your, your constellation, your mazal is elevated. Which is this aspect of flesh from his flesh. And now you merit wealth. God's blessing enriches. It brings wealth. And now your good inclination gains power. 
Meaning now you have a heart of flesh. It's brought down in Yechezkel. What is Lev Basar, a heart of flesh? Yetzer Tov, this is a good inclination. And that's exactly Rabbeinu's task in this world. Rabbeinu said, that I will, my entire goal is to make of my students to remove that heart of stone and to give you guys a heart of flesh. To truly give us our emotions back, to truly give us our feeling back. This is the heart of flesh. And what's a heart of flesh? It's the good inclination. Malta Isha Matzatov, it says in Mishle, you have found a woman, you found good. What is that good? It's the woman. It's the Basar Mipsari, flesh of my flesh, that Adam Arishon wanted God to create from him. That this woman, that this woman should come from him, literally. And that's the good inclination. Mezeu, and this is what it says in Shemot chapter 19, The sound of the shofar was growing stronger and much more mighty. That sound of the shofar emerges from the gufa shapira, the beautiful body. It's brought down in Tikkun Ezoch. Also in the Zohar Chadash, if I'm not mistaken. This idea. They call it Hanan. And what is that sound of the shofar? That sound of the shofar is the aspect of prayer that we mentioned above. That prayer that we mentioned above, which is created through the rectification of the Brit. That we all started this lesson with. And it goes much stronger. This is money. That once. Um, you attain this level of shedding this leopard body that we said, and attaining this goof of Shabbat Kodesh, and attaining this Lev Basar, this heart of flesh, and meriting this sound of the Shofar, what happens? You strengthen your Mazar, and your good inclination, and now you nullify sadness and sarcasm, which comes from uh, this gloom, this black gloom. Because depression, sadness, is because of uh, is the result of stress and uh, unmute poverty. But letzanut sarcasm is the levity of the fool, it's the joke of the fool. It's brought down in Kohelet. Bechinat at Chol Sochek. It's brought down in Barachot, chapter 60, uh, Barachot, page 61. At Chol Sochek, the spleen laughs. The spleen is the source of depression. Depression comes from the spleen, the spleen Rabbeinu teaches us. It's brought down in the Zohar. And this spleen, which is where depression and sadness and gloom is rooted from, become nullified through the mazal and the consolation of wealth, this mazal, this good sign of wealth. And through the good inclination, and through the good inclination, this good inclination also nullifies this, um, this levity of the fool, this joke, this letzanut, this sarcasm, this gloom, this stress, this sadness. The, evil, the good inclination nullifies all that stuff. Why? Because the good inclination is in the aspect of what is brought down in Kohelet. The heart of the wise man sits at his right side. Or is at his right side. Meaning, a wise man always leans to the right side of his heart, not towards the left. The left is where the evil inclination resides. Through this right side, he raises those who succumb to evil loves and fears. Fallen loves and fears. Meaning fearing anything that isn't like Adosh Baruch Hu. And loving something that is not meant for you. And not good, according to the Torah. So from this right side, this Chacham is able to nullify and raise those 
um, who fall into these fears and loves. He, he elevates them to holy, holy fears and loves. Chapter um, 150. Every soul praises you. You praises you, God. Um, because the right side removes the darkness from their eyes. And then their eyes are able to see wonders. In the aspect of what it says, Uncover my eyes so I see wonders. Meaning this is a reference to us, these people that fall into these fallen fears and loves. That we, ha- we have no way out. We have no redemption. Until the Chacham or this Tzadik is able to raise all these fallen fears and loves that we succumb to. And uh, bring us up to have a true vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And these wonders are in the aspect of Pesach, which is the right side. As brought down in Yechad chapter 7. Now Rabbi is going to tell you all these ideas, how, wonder, how wonders represent Pesach, and how Pesach represents the right side. So let's see what it says over here. It says in Micha, chapter 7, Like in the days you left Egypt, I will show you wonders. Meaning that when we left Egypt, we were shown wonders too. So Egypt is a time of wonders. So that proves that Pesach is the aspect of wonders. But now let's explain how Pesach is the aspect of the right side. Pesach, Pesach, we know the Arizal brings down that Pesach is the play on the words Pesach, the mouth that speaks. It says in Malachi chapter 2, the true, the, the true Torah was in his mouth. And it's considered as if he created the world. Because it says over there, let there be luminaries. And the choshech which covered the depths disappeared. Meaning once the luminaries exist, existed, the darkness which covered the depths vanished. So this person who is engaged in raising these fallen fears is able to lift us up out of um, this darkness. Um, and this is all the aspect of the um, the right side. And we see here this idea of Pesach, Pesach. And what is Pesach? This speaking mouth. It's the, Torah, the truth of the Torah. The Torah is on the right side. It's considered as if he created the world. As we brought down in this verse in Bereshit chapter 1. Let there be luminaries. Meaning now, now he brings to light um, these people, he's uncovering their eyes, and now we're getting out of this darkness. And this light of the eyes is able to elevate all these requests and these supplications that are prayed in the, the direction of the, the Holy Temple. Because it's in the Temple where all these requests to every single, where every single prayer rises. It's from there where the light of the eyes emerges. Chapter 1, verse, uh, sorry, Melachim, uh, book 1, chapter 9. My eyes and my heart will be there, God says. Meaning in the temple. And this light of the eyes awakens the redemption which is dependent upon the heart. And how do we know the, depend, the redemption is dependent upon the heart? Chapter 63, 
for a day of vengeance is in my heart, meaning that day when God will take vengeance upon all the suffering which, which the Jewish people incurred. Why? Because his eyes and his heart are both there in the temple and they depend upon one another. And this is what is brought down in Bereshit chapter 1. God called the day, the light day. What did that mean? Rabbeinu explains that the light of the eyes awaken the day of vengeance that is within God's heart. Which is to nullify seor, which is basically playing the words or. This, this leaven, and this chametz, this um, this chametz, this sourness, this um, this leaven, this sourness, shaliyetzer alev of the human heart. Um, of the human heart's inclination for evil, which remains to him, which remains in this person from his youth. What does that do? Meaning, the light of the eyes that this chacham reveals within us is able to um, completely nullify all that evil, that chametz, that impurity, that. Um, that leaven within our heart that remains uh, within us from our youth, all our sins, etc. And this leaven and chametz that exists within a man's heart, this is the, this seor and chametz is what lures and um, entices a person to think negatively about the. Talmudic scholars of the generation, and tries to convince this person to say that this one is suitable and this one isn't. Chapter ten, their heart was divided. Meaning, why? Because of the chametz and the seor that was within their heart. Libam, what is libam? Numerical value of seventy-two. And this represents the seventy-two tzadikim of the generation that brought down. Uh, in Tikkun Ezoah, that there's 72, 72 tzaddikim of the generation. This idea of 72. So what is his heart? His heart, which is still divided, libam, their hearts, meaning it's two. You have the left and the right, it's constantly fighting each other, and you don't know what the truth is, because you haven't gotten rid of that chametz. So libam, as it brought down in the verse, libam is the numerical value of 72, representing that you have problems against the 72 tzaddikim of the generation. And this is what is brought down in Psachim, chapter 2. The light of the 14th. As brought down in, uh, in the Gemara Psachim, literally the first Mishnah. On the, on the, basically it's saying on the night of the 14th, you have to search for Chametz. But it uses the language Or over there. And it's a big question that Chachamim asks. It's the first question they ask on that Mishnah. Why do they use the word Or, light? Should you use the word night? And now Rabbeinu explains. The light of the fourteenth. What is it really referencing? Or the light through the light of the, uh, the eyes. She is by him Meaning what? Which has two sets of seven coatings. The eyes um, has that each eye has seven coatings. And brought down in the Zohar Kadosh. Um, with these seven coatings, these two sets of seven coatings, meaning the right eye and the left eye, 
this is how you search the, for the chametz. Meaning, what does Rabbeinu say? The search for the chametz within your heart. That chametz, that is the yitzharah within your heart, the sins that have still remained within you, within your heart. How do you get rid of that? With the, the light of the eyes, which we mentioned above, when the chacham is able to open up your eyes, and then all the tefillot are able to elevate from itself in the Beit HaMikdash. Meaning, now you put your eyes and your heart from within the Beit HaMikdash. You're able to, to, to what do you call it? To, to bring in that redemption, which is dependent upon the heart, as we mentioned in this section. Meaning, it all depends on uncovering our eyes. Which uh, is dependent upon the the chacham, the tzaddik, and to get rid of our uh, evil loves and fears. And now the heart is able to lahev to be aroused with passion within the Torah with regard to studying the Torah. Now your heart is able to study in the study the Torah with great passion with flames of love. and these. Uh, many waters, these vast waters, which represent these fallen or these external fears and loves. It's impossible for them to extinguish this fire and this passion for the study of Torah and with these flames of love. It's impossible for them to extinguish it. The, the many waters are not able, were not able to extinguish the love. I mean those that fl- those flames of love that you had. Now that you're able to um to that you uncovered the eyes now. And the shechina uses her wings to cover over the blood of the Jewish people with this love that we're mentioning. The, these flames of love, so that the wicked seed should not rule over them. And what's the wicked seed? The generation of the flood, as we know over there. Rashi explains all the sins which the generation of the flood did, which caused them to, to be extinguished by that water. And this is what it says. One who transgresses and uh, does a sin, and he's embarrassed by it. He is um, forgiven for it. Because love covers over all transgressions. Because through that embarrassment of the sin, his blood is spilled. But now the Shekhinah covers over that blood with that love. Which is what? That embarrassment. Because you really love Hashem and you don't want to be there. This is the aspect of covering over of the blood. And through this covering over, all transgressions are automatically covered over. Are automatically um, covered over. From the beginning of this lesson up until this point, this is exactly where the manuscript. Uh, this is directly the words of Rabbeinu. And now Rabbi Natan is going to add something that was obviously approved by the Rebbe himself. That uh, something very important. We see all this idea, this, these awesome ideas that are all tied together. It's really an entire structure. Bizrat Hashem, we have the merit to really understand how Rabenu is explaining this lesson to apply what he, what he writes over here. In simplicity, taking each paragraph as if it's a lesson of its own and just applying what is written over there. When a God wants to taste of the positive commandments of the Jew, who is a tzaddik, what is an aspect of? It's an aspect of eating a live, 
eating a limb from a live animal. When God wants to taste uh, one of the mitvot, I say one of the positive commandments that a Jew does, who's a tzaddik. For example, let's say a tzaddik performs an act of tzedakah. When God wants to taste from, the, from this mitzvah itself, of this act of tzedakah that this tzaddik gave, he can't taste from it because it's an aspect of eating from a live animal. And we know that eating a limb from a live animal is forbidden to eat. You need to slaughter the animal first properly in order to permit it, to permit that limb to you. Therefore, you need to have embarrassment. Which is this aspect of spilled blood. The aspect of slaughtering. Ritual slaughtering. Which purifies the limb from the animal. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is able to taste from these positive commandments of yours. Whether it's one positive commandment or many. Because the mitzvot are called delicacies. How do we know this? It's brought down in the Zohar. It brings down the verse, it says in Bereshit chapter 27, What did Yitzchak tell Esau before he gives him the blessing? Make for me delicacies which I love. And what did the Zohar say? From the positive commandments. Those are the delicacies we're talking about. Kamuvaz is brought down. So then when your blood is spilled through that embarrassment, you have to make sure that these known evil forces do not nourish itself off that, um, um, off that spilled blood. They want to nourish themselves of that spilled blood. Therefore, it needs to be covered over. And we just explained in the last section that the Shekhinah covers over with her wings the blood of the Jewish people that was spilled. And how did they cover? How does she cover over it? With that love, that love, the flames of love that we talked about above. And it says. The delicacy which I love, meaning that love covers over that spilled blood. And this represents the covering over of blood. Rabban was explaining these most awesome ideas that we are slightly familiar with the idea of covering over the blood of the slaughtered animal and all this stuff. Why we have to do Kisudam? Rabban was explaining all these ideas. And how actually being embarrassed for the sins that we do actually enables HaKadosh Baruch Hu to take joy. Um... From the mitvot I say that we do. And with regard to the splitting of blood of the Jewish people, there's many supernal ideas and uh, many hidden hidden gems with regard to this. Whether it's the splitting of blood through embarrassment that we mentioned. Literally, and whether it's with regard to other literal literal spilling of blood that we mentioned, that we that we didn't mention, other literal types of spilling of blood. Because there are many fallen souls. There are several fallen souls which have no ascent. Unless it's with the spilling of blood of a Jew who is a great, great man. And literally sometimes these fallen souls only have an ascent through the literal spilling of blood. Not just embarrassment of a great man, but maybe sometimes it requires literal Jews being killed over Kiddush Hashem. This is what is brought down in Yomah, chapter 86. Willful transgressions turned into merit. Meaning, 
says over there that through Teshuvah Me'ahava, one is able to turn those willful sins that a person did into merits, into mitvot. That through this embarrassment, which is the spilling of blood, the Shechina is able to cover over the blood with love. As we said above, this is why it says in the in the verse, in Mishle, uh, love covers over all transgressions. Um, as we mentioned above, and now those willful uh, sins turn, those willful transgressions turn into merits. And those fallen souls are elevated. Because those fallen souls are in the aspect or in the category of transgressions. But what happens to those transgressions? They turn into merits. But now those transgressions, which represent those fallen souls, are elevated and they're transformed into merits. Meaning they have an elevation now through what? The covering over of the blood with love. The, that um, that let's say a great man takes or let's say another Jew takes or whatever it is, each and every scenario creates a different outcome. But the covering over of that blood with love is what enables these fallen souls to um, uh, to elevate it themselves. B'zat Hashem, may we have the merit to truly be a vessel to have the shfichut amim done through embarrassment and to get to the level where Be'amet we're willing to do it at the level of Rabbi Akiva. God willing that we don't have to ever merit, uh, God willing that we don't have to ever go through that test, but um, that we have the ability to get to the level where we're willing to do that for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So B'zat Hashem, May we apply this lesson to the best of our ability. I know it's all over the place. Um, each section is its own idea, and it's very hard to connect these ideas together. But um, in simplicity, with lots of prayer um, and lots of dedication, God willing, we'll be able to merit that um, that practice, to practice each and every word of Rabbeinu. Hashem.